0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. All right, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9 for a message titled Burning Bridges. We can face similar opposition from family and friends and even church when we're called to go into ministry. What's harder is it's oftentimes that their compassion or their, their fear for us that makes them say, oh, we, we, you shouldn't go. I, I just think of the 19 year old Bruce Olson. He'd gotten saved at a youth group at a friend's church. He'd been growing up in the Lutheran church, but never knew Jesus. Went to a non-denominational church with his friend. God saved at the youth group, started going to the church for a short period of time and heard somebody come and talk about missions in Argentina and the, the tribes that were there. And then he talked about these Motoloni people and how they were out in the middle of the, out in the middle of the bush and, and nobody's reached them because they're just deadly. And he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him and says, I want you to reach the Motoloni people. And so he told him, I want to go. I'm, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to go down there. And, and, you know, they wanted him to go through this big mission training program. He said, "I don't have time to do that. I need to. I really feel like I'm supposed to go now." And they says, "Well, we can't really support that." He's like, "Okay." And he got on a plane. He flew to Argentina. And when he got there, the missionaries didn't want anything to do with him because he wasn't part of them. And so he hung out with all the nonbelievers and all the believing natives. You know, he went to this this tribe, and he, and they were they were like, "Those those those Christians are weird people." And he's like, "Why are they weird people?" He says, "Because they sing songs out of key and they." They meet in square buildings. Everybody knows a perfect building is round, you know. Was, and and they wear all those clothes. I mean, what's wrong with those people? And so he realized, wow, these things are barriers to the gospel. And so when he went out into the Modiloni territory, he started to try to reach them and felt like he was making headway. But then they shot him in the leg and they drug him off to one of their villages. And he was sitting there and he was playing a whistle. He didn't know that they had a they had a prophecy that that a white man would come and he'd play a whistle and then kill them all. And so they sent a guy for the butcher from another tribe. He was going to come and kill him, and an angel warned him and he got up and he he got he walked out of the jungle with an arrow wound in his leg. He walked out of the jungle and instead of walking into Argentina, he walked into Colombia where he was an illegal and so they arrested him. They took him to the hospital infirmary. They patched him up, gave him antibiotics, got him healed up, and then they deported him back to Argentina. If he would have wandered into Argentina, he would have died because his infection was so bad. But because he got put in jail, he got state, you know, coverage. So then he, I mean, this guy, he's like Paul the Apostle, punk rock just goes right back into the jungle and starts reaching the, the Motolonis again. And, and as he's ministering to them and just, he's learning their language and everything, He finally gets to the place where, you know, he he's able to lead this tribe to Christ. You know, and yet nobody, nobody in his family and nobody in the church organization, nobody was supporting him. He was down there all by himself with no support. Just doing what he was doing because God had called him to do it. You know, that's, it's sometimes it's crazy. You know, I, I think of James Calvert, the missionary who went to the cannibals in Fiji. And as the ship's captain was dropping him off on the shore, he said, and I quote, you will lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go amongst the savages. And Calvert responded, we died before we came here. And he would minister amongst the cannibals for 18 years, leading most of them to the Lord and then die in England. He didn't give his life for that, but he was willing to. He died before he went there. And then, of course, you remember, or maybe you don't, I don't know, if you heard the story of Stephen and Emily Foreman, who went to North Africa, and, and there a lot of people in their church family, a lot of Christians were saying, don't go there, it's so dangerous, you don't realize it's, you know it's a closed country, you can't convert people to Christianity there, they'll kill you. And having heard James Calvert's story, they told them, we've already died. And, of course, they'd go there, and Steve Foreman would give his life on the mission field. And that's just the way that it is sometimes. Sometimes we lay down our lives, and and we always lay down our lives. We always give our lives to Jesus, and he does with them what he wants to do. And so when Jesus is calling these people, he's saying, you can't allow family or friends or anybody else to keep you from coming to Christ, first of all, or doing what God has called you to do. You have to go forward and do it. And this is what Jesus would say, verse 62, no one having put in his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you want to plow, as I've read, I've never plowed myself other than just a short, you know, hoe line in my garden. But if you want to plow yourself, you have to hook your horse up and you have to fix your eyes on a single point and you have to go to that point. You can't look back to see if your rows are straight or your horse will veer off and you will be plowing S-curves, which is not so good for irrigation. And so you have to plow. You have to keep your eyes fixed on a certain point if you want to plow straight. Otherwise, you're not fit to plow. You can't keep your eyes fixed on the front. And in Christianity, it's keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and moving forward and not allowing anything to deter us. And, and that's what the Christian walk is, to keep our focus on Jesus. Remember Lot's wife as she longingly looked back towards Sodom and Gomorrah and you know she was struck and turned into a pillar of salt. We don't want to be that type of salt, right? One thing that's interesting is that it never tells us what the three of these guys did in response to Jesus' challenge. He challenged all three of them. It doesn't tell us whether they said, okay, I'll follow you. It doesn't say if they did follow him or they didn't. And I think rightly so, it doesn't tell us because we have to all make that decision ourselves, don't we? We have to say, I'm going to make this decision or that decision. And you know, it reminds me, and I'll I'll close with this, but of the story of Sundar Singh. He was a young man, about 16 years old in India. Some missionaries were there an Anglican mission station was there and he would argue with these Anglicans and they said, you know, the, the Bible's, you know, the word of God. And he's like, no, you know, the Hindu Vedas and things, you know, that's what we follow. And, and he'd argue back and forth. And, and finally he got so discouraged in his own belief system and just the demands of his own beliefs that he just decided, you know, life isn't really worth living anyway. And so he decided to go kill himself and on his way, to the railroad tracks where he was going to throw himself down in front of a train and just let the train do its job cut him in half and chew him up he 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 decided to just cry out and say god you know if there is a god or if there is a way if there you know then you need to reveal yourself to me and as he was waiting for the train he fell asleep and he had a dream and in the dream jesus appeared to him and says i am the way i am the true god And so he decided to dedicate dedicate himself to Christianity. Well, of course, at that point, he goes home and his his father immediately disowns him. Everybody in the tribe wants to kill him. His brother tried to poison him, a neighbor tried to poison him, and then people were letting off poisonous snakes inside their house. So he had to run from his house and he went to the mission station and he lived with some Christians for a little while. And he, he was trained in the gospel and started to go out and and just share the gospel with different people and travel all over the place. He became kind of what they call an apostle to India. And he even traveled to the United States and to 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 Britain and other places. But just a guy who who lived his life completely dedicated to Jesus. And and eventually his father and his brother would both become Christians. But it, it it's fitting in this section because this missionary. Sundar Singh captivated or encapsulated this, what Jesus is saying here in the song that he wrote that you all know the words to. And that's that song that he wrote, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. And I remember myself singing that song at a concert and being completely moved at the implications of what that song was saying. Ministering to my soul, saying, I have to follow Jesus no matter what. And it doesn't matter what people say or what people are doing or what people try to do to discourage me from following Jesus. I'm going to do it. And I remember just tears rolling down my eyes, singing, though none go with me still, I will follow. And that's what Jesus is calling us to. In this time of uncertainty and the crazy things that are happening in this world, you know, somebody was texting me yesterday with all kinds of political stuff, and look at this, and look at that, and you know, and I was like, you know, I really, I really am just excited because all this political drama and war and everything—it's all just making my job easier because people are open to the gospel and people want to hear some hope in this world, and and we have it. And so I'm going to stay on mission with what Jesus has called me to do, the Great Commission, and I'm not going to get bogged down by the cares of this life. Yeah, I'm going to be aware of what's happening, but at the end of the day, I have hope in Jesus. And things aren't falling apart. Things are coming together, guys. And the end is coming, and Jesus is coming back soon, and there's no time to waste. No time to let the enemy speak to us and, and, and stop us from the mission that he's called us to, but to move forward by faith